Welcome to Time Lapse, Season 5 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. In this season, we track how God works in and through our guests' lives over the course of time. In each episode, you will hear two interviews recorded about six months apart. Of course, we chat scripture, encouragement, and the character of God in both interviews. We dwell richly together in every season. We invite you, sister, no matter your current season, to come along for the journey. Hey listeners, this is Natalie just popping in to remind you that Giving Tuesday is coming up on Tuesday, November 27th. Dayton Women of the Word is participating in Giving Tuesday again this year, and we'll have a special podcast episode with Jill and I on that day to fill you in with all the details. As you prep to do your holiday giving, please consider supporting our ministry financially or sharing our Giving Tuesday campaign with your friends and family. We'll even be doing some special giveaways for our donors. So thanks for listening and look out for our special Giving Tuesday episode on November 27th. Right. Well, welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We are in season five. I'm your host, Bethany. And just as a reminder, um, we are in the time lapse season. So the goal of time lapse is to track what God is has done through a certain season in our lives. So I want to apologize today. I might sound a little different than usual. Um, At the time of this recording, we're back in the Apex studio. Um, We're in a resurgence of winter in the middle of March. So I think my body doesn't quite know what to do. So I sound maybe a little bit more baritone than normal. Um, But hopefully our great friend Jordan can do a little magic in the in the editing studio um, on my behalf. But I'm so excited today we are, well, I I say we, I am sitting here in the studio solo. And before you get worried that I'm just going to be talking by myself for half an hour, I have a new friend, Amy, with me. Um, she's actually going to be with us here via Skype. And I'm going to give, turn it over to her, let her kind of introduce herself. Um, she'll kind of share what's going on with this season in her life, and you'll quickly figure out why we're meeting via Skype instead of having her in the Apex studio with me today. So Amy, why don't you um, take a couple minutes and kind of share with our listeners who you are, um, what your life looks like, what the season means for you before we get into the, the really deep stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Amy, as Bethany said, I am coming to you live today from Cancun, Mexico. Um, I just, yeah, it's not winter here in Cancun. Um, it is beautiful. I was just telling Bethany a few minutes ago that it's not been hot and humid, which is so typical of Cancun. So I'm enjoying this season of Cancun. Talk to me in maybe a month or so, and we will see with the hot and humid weather if I'm loving it so much. But um, I uh, lived in Dayton for five years and just recently moved here to Cancun about five weeks ago. Um, I was a teacher in Dayton for five years. I went to college, um, actually at Cedarville University. Um, and graduated, and so then ended up in Dayton and taught there, and then I moved here to Cancun to go on staff with a ministry called Back to Back, 
And if some of you are unfamiliar with Back to Back, um, globally we work with um, orphans and vulnerable children. And in Cancun, that kind of looks like community development. And so we work a lot with kids and families. We have two community centers that we get to pour into um, kids and families, especially single moms, um, throughout the week. And I get to do a lot of different things here. We're about to um, start to welcome our spring teams here in a couple weeks. I'm super excited about that. And we'll have a full summer of uh, missions team guests that come and visit and get to be a part of what God is doing here. So I'm super excited to be here. I was just telling Bethany a couple minutes ago, I do miss certain things about Ohio and the U.S., um, namely Chick-fil-A <laughs> and also Target. Those are two things we do not have here in Cancun, unfortunately, but I am super thankful to be here in this season of life. So it's fun to be able to do this through technology. I'm sad that I can't be there in person, but this is the next best thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, who who would have thought in 2018, we could have a conversation via the internet. We are, yeah. we are foregoing the video option today just because there's a lot of technology things happening. So we actually haven't ever met face-to-face, -face, so we were joking about how this is kind of like a blind date, but I feel like this is probably going to turn out a lot better than a lot of people's yeah. blind date experiences. I if, if, you, agree. if you've had a great blind date experience, that's great, <laughs> but a lot of times they're just a little more on, on the awkward end. So, Amy, obviously, um, you sounds like in the, in the recent past – You've gone through several transitions because you you really haven't hadn't been in Dayton a terribly long time, um, and now you made this other big transition to Cancun. So, um, talk to me a little bit more about um, what you're seeing God doing through these transitions, or what what prompted that um, move. I'm I'm pretty familiar with back to back, so I think that's awesome um, that God led you to partner with them. But what what did that process of transition kind of look like for you? Yeah, that word transition, man, it's like one of those words that I have a love-hate relationship with, and I'm sure that there are people that are listening they are like, yes, amen, because transition can be the best and the worst, and it's like the best of times, the worst of times, but I feel like, you know, we kind of all go through change and transition pretty much all the time, whether we realize it or not. Mm -hmm. um, it, it may not necessarily be like a big life thing, like, okay, you know, I moved, um, to a different country. That was a big thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think a lot of people, um, go through changes and transitions all the time. Um, and so the Lord has been teaching me a lot through that, especially, um, my original plan was to actually move here back in September. And so I had everything ready to go. I was super excited. And in August, I got a phone call saying, hey, um, we have some things that are totally out of your control, but we actually need you to put your plan to move on hold until probably like February. And I remember I got off the phone. I was looking, I was standing in my living room. I had just packed up my apartment like the week prior um, I had put everything in boxes, told my apartment that I was moving, you know, back in May, I had finished my teaching job. I pretty much spent the entire summer kind of saying goodbye to people, had a big goodbye plan party planned and everything was ready to go. And that just changed everything for me. And I remember standing in my living room, looking at all my boxes and saying to the Lord, I don't know what you think you're doing here, <laughs> but do you realize everything that I've given up for you? 
do you see this? Like I, I've given up my apartment. I've given up my job. I've given up, you know, my church and all these things. And, and this is how you're going to repay me <laughs> essentially. And I can look back on that and laugh because, you know, the Lord just being a gracious father, um, just gently over the course of the next several days and weeks and months reminded me that his control is the best control and that his sovereignty is so much better than the things that I have planned out for my life. And I think a lot of times I know just speaking for myself, I kind of can be a planner and have an idea of how I want things to turn out and how I want them to be. And you know, this is how it should be in my perfect world. And, you know, I had those plans. I had those plans for moving and I had this vision for how life would be here. Um, and all of that all of a sudden was non-existent, at least for the moment. And I kind of had to grapple with, okay, God, what, what are you doing? And, you know, just as these past several months have unfolded, I was able to be a part of things in the fall in Dayton that I wouldn't have been able to be a part of previously because of my life teaching and being involved in different things. And I was able to um, be there in friends' lives and for awesome milestones that I wouldn't have been able to celebrate. I was able to spend the holidays with my family. Um, back in January, I was able to spend a month in Costa Rica going to language school to firm up my Spanish because it's been like 10 years since I took Spanish classes in high school. So I was a little bit rusty. Still am. We're getting there. But um, just being reminded of the fact that I could have missed all of that had I had my own way. And I think that's been something that the Lord has been reminding me of and showing me is that, you know, when I think that I know best, I can just kind of like laugh because no, I don't. He knows best. And it's such a simple lesson. And I wish that maybe it would like get through my thick skull a little bit more because it's a lesson that I feel like I've had to learn over and over and over in my life. But, you know, I think it's, it's in our flesh. We fight for control. I mean, we see it all through the pages of scripture, people who are trying to fight for control of their own lives. And, um, it's still true for us today. And so I think, you know, the reality of God ultimately knowing what is best and who is best and where is best um, is a reminder that I need daily. And when you can see, when now that I'm on the other side of it, of course, I see, oh my goodness, Lord, you were right. Surprise, surprise. You know, why am I surprised that God really does know best? But, you know, it's, it's just funny looking back and seeing, you know, several months ago when I thought everything is kind of crashing. Um, and, and now to see where he's brought me and the things that I got to be a part of that I wouldn't have been able to experience had I not gone through all of that. Yeah. I always tell people that I think one of, one of the things that I feel like I can kind of track growth in, you know, my mm -hmm. walk with Christ. And obviously there's a billion other things that are in the to be improved column. But one of the things that I am grateful for is that I feel like the Lord's really kind of developed this um, idea or this this gift of hindsight in, mm. in being able to trust that he is good. So when you're in, when I'm in those seasons of life where it's like, what in the world is going on? Like I thought this is how things were going to go because I thought that's how you were 
leading things and then it's it for whatever reason stuff is on on hold then it's it's just very it can be so hard and confusing in those times and you know I feel like because he has shown himself faithful over and over and over again at least that gives me the the solidarity that I can cling to in those moments where I'm like okay I know he's up to something good. I don't really know what it is, but he's never failed me yet. So what am I, what am I, you know, what am I fearful of, I guess? Right. And, and allowing the people that he's placed in our lives to speak truth to us. That was so huge for me because it was actually my parents and several close friends that kind of talked me off the ledge of, you know, whoa, what is happening? (laughs) You know, freaking out. And them pointing me back to the reality that God has you, Amy, you know, this is not a surprise to him. And so kind of going back to those elementary truths that God is sovereign, God is in control, God will not fail me, even when, you know, the circumstances around you look really crazy and not what you anticipated at all, you know, being able to remind yourself and be reminded of those things, thanks to the community that you know, he's placed around us. That was another huge thing for me too. That's awesome. How do you feel like the word, what you were um, studying in the word through that transition period, or even when stuff was kind of on hold or even, you know, what you're studying now, what, what from the word and your time in the word has really kind of come alive during this current season for you? Um, I think, um, right before I left for language school, like through the fall, and through that uh, winter time was just a really uh, sweet time once I was able to get over those first kind of days and weeks of uncertainty. And, and once things kind of um, started to you know, figure themselves out, it was, it was really good. But um, right before I left for language school, um, something that the Lord allowed me to come across was um, a passage from Exodus. And it's actually Exodus chapter 4. And it's when um, Moses is having a conversation with God and um, God wants Moses to go to the Israelites and he wants Moses to go to Pharaoh and, you know, let my people go. And, and Moses is saying, you know, but they're not going to believe me and, and, you know, they're, they're not going to know that it's you. How are they going to know? And so God starts to give him these signs that he can show the Israelites and, um, So he uh, does things like Moses throws his staff on the ground and it becomes a serpent. Um, He puts his hand inside of his cloak and he gets leprosy, which just, this is just a side note. Like, I really hope that there's like a movie reel or something in heaven of all of this stuff because I would love to see Moses's faces, like his reactions to like, I'm just going to throw this staff on the ground and it's a snake. Like that's, that's freaky. Okay. (laughs) Terrifying. So I really hope that there's some sort of highlight reel that we can see because I think it would be just great to see that. Um, But we get to verse 12, and I'm actually going to read starting in verse 11. Moses in verse 10 says to the Lord, I, you know, I'm not eloquent. I can't, I can't do this. Um, And in verse 11, it says, then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. And just that kind of overwhelmed me because, 
you know, I think kind of heading into this new, you know, life experience, you know, I was a teacher. That was great. I loved my job. And this is something kind of completely different. I'm in a new country. I'm speaking a language that's not my own. You know, I'm surrounded by people that are pretty much all new to me. And so, you know, a lot of those, those fears crop up of, you know, how am I going to do this? And, and how is this going to look? And how is this going to be? And, you know, even coupled with me being so excited about it, you know, you have fear and you have doubts and, um, you know, moments where you kind of go, what on earth am I doing? Like, am I doing the right thing? Did I make the right choice here? And I love the fact that God reminds Moses, like, go and I will be with your mouth. And for me, that kind of, um, translated a little bit into literally my mouth because right now I live in Mexico and we speak Spanish in Mexico. Uh, some people speak English, but you know, most people speak Spanish. And so Spanish is not my first language and I have had to go through the process of kind of relearning it. And that is, you know, when you're speaking a language that's not your own, it's super intimidating and trying to navigate places. I have lots of funny stories about language mishaps that have happened over the past weeks and months, but um, I'll save those for another day. But just kind of that in intimidation factor and how the enemy, how quickly the enemy can sneak in and, you know, place doubts in my head specifically, like, well, you're just not cut out for this and you're not good enough. And look at so-and-so over there. They are just, you know, super fluent in Spanish and, and getting by and what I had to be reminded of is that the Lord said to Moses, listen, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to give you what you need. And I think that is so true for all of us. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh, hey, you are picking up your life and moving to a different country or like a different state for that matter. It doesn't have to be this big major thing. It could be, I'm going to be a mom for the first time and I'm terrified or I'm getting married and I don't know how to be a wife or maybe it's something a lot, you know, heavier than that. I know friends and people that I love dearly who are walking through some very deep, deep hurts right now. And the days are heavy and dark. And, um, I think this passage and this reminder is that God is saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you what you need to go through that. I'm going to equip you. And I mean, later on in the chapter, Moses, of course, says, well, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so God eventually sends Aaron. And there's a whole, you know, there's a whole other lesson in that set of verses. But, you know, when we just stop and camp out right here at these two verses, the, the fact that God says, who has made man's mouth? Hello, remember, I'm God. I'm with you. And quickly I forget that and how quickly we can forget that God is with our mouth. God is with our hands. You know, God has laid work before us to do and he equips our hands and God has laid paths before us to walk on and he will guide our feet and God has given us tasks to do and he will be with our mind that we need in order to think through those tasks. And, um, I think this is a good reminder because a lot of life can just seem overwhelming no matter what it is that we're walking through. You know, it doesn't have to be this big thing. I think sometimes people can think, oh, someone who, you know, picks up their life and moves to a different country is like on a big spiritual pedestal. Well, like, let me just tell you, sisters, that is not the truth. Okay. I am 
human with the rest of you. And I am super weak and I fail every single day. I am a sinner. And, um, but I think this is such a good reminder that the Lord is the one that gives us the grace and the skills and the things that we need to do what he has asked us to do. I love that. Um, this, this passage in also right before that in Exodus three, um, I remember kind of reading this more in a little bit of depth when I was preparing to lead this Bible study, um, with the group of students that I'm walking through first Peter with. And so I was reviewing some of the principles from Jen Wilkins book, women of the word. And one of oh, her, that's so, so good. Um, one of her big, um, foundational principles is that, you know, we study the word because the word points to God. Like that's the whole point. Like, yes, yes, it gives us tools for how to live well with others and how to be good, you know, children and spouses and, you know, workers, but ultimately it's a book about God. And she pulls out this same passage in a little bit before the passage you read in chapter three, this is right when God has first kind of shown up in a bush and again, like highlight reel. Let's, let's see what the, let's see what that looks like. Um, but in verse 11, um, so ap- this is after God has said, you know, I'm here. I've heard the cries of my people. You know, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to use you. And Moses like immediate responses, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Israel? So immediately his focus is on, himself and his shortcomings. And like, honestly, like how often is that my first response? And God's immediate response back to him, he says, no, 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 but I will be with you. And then you skip down to verse 13 and Moses is in full rebuttal mode. And he (laughs) says, okay, but if I, you know, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them that the God of your fathers has sent me and they ask me, what is your name? Um, Then God says to Moses, I am who I am. So It's this really cool, like in this whole passage of chapter three and then what you read, you know, God's response to all of Moses's questions about his shortcomings is not not as much that I'm going to equip you and I'm going to, you know, make you a great speaker and I'm going to help you, you know, do all these crazy tricks when you're in front of Pharaoh. He just says, I am God. That's, that's really all you need to know to move forward in obedience. And I think, you know, how often am I like Moses where I just get so wrapped in, um, knowing my faults so well that I completely lose sight that I serve a God who spoke everything into existence from nothing. And like, how short-sighted is that of me to just completely forget who God is? Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely true. And just to remember, you know, who who is and how, how that's so simple. I feel like it's such a simple thing. Like, okay, I, I know who God is. I see him, you know, as I read through scripture and I see his character and I see who he says that he is, but how quickly my mind forgets. And I turn the attention to, well, what about this God? What about this God? You know, I turn it to myself Mm -hmm. where he's God, he's got it. He's fully capable of doing whatever he wants, however he wants to. And, you know, he uses us, which is awesome. But like at the end of the day, too, he doesn't need us to accomplish his work. He loves to use us, but he doesn't need us. And I think that's a good reminder for me, too, because 
sometimes I can think like I'm super great, you know, on my really good days, it's like, yeah, I'm awesome. And I'm just rocking this thing today. And, and it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. God actually doesn't need me to do his work, but he loves to use his kids and he, you know, extends all kinds of grace and mercy. Um, with that, you know, I think of the passage that talks about, um, us being like, is it broken, broken jars? I'm going to mess this up. Yeah. But, um, jars of, jars of clay. Jars of clay. Yes. And <laughs> I feel like a broken jar of clay a lot. And that's, that's a good place to be. I heard something on the radio when I was driving the other day that talked about how sometimes, um, God, God works around us instead of working through us because we just like get in his way. But there are so many times when he, um, allows us to be part of the process of all yeah. the crazy, awesome things that he's doing and what, a, what a gift that is. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So as our time starts to kind of wind down, at least for this part, part one of our time together, um, <laughs> What would you, is there any type of encouragement from these past few months that you would offer somebody else kind of facing, maybe not, maybe not a cross, you know, multi, (laughs) multicultural move, but, you know, just a big transition, you know, maybe out of one career into something else. What, what would you encourage our listeners? Sure. Um, I think as I kind of thought about this, um, something that's just come back over and over and over is something really simple. Um, just looking for the Lord, looking for where he's at work in life. And so, um, sometimes that takes the form of, you know, I get to the end of the day and I want to write some down. Like sometimes I'll just keep little notes in my phone of different things. I've done that, um, journaling, or sometimes I'm standing at my kitchen sink and I just recall the things that the Lord did that day. And, and sometimes it's recalling things, you know, man, Lord, I really kind of messed that situation up, but you know, I can see how you, you know, responded with grace to me in that, or, um, you know, I, I just think it's important for us to remember and reflect because it's so easy, just like we talked about a few minutes ago to just be really self-focused. Um, and that's our nature is we want to make everything about ourselves, but to turn it back around, especially, especially, especially when we are walking through, um, times of things that are unknown. And for a while, for these you know, several months that I was kind of waiting, there was a lot of things that were unknown. There were things that were known, um, but there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding several different things. And, um, just having to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to look to who you are and I'm going to stop and I'm going to reflect, you know, maybe it's while I'm driving in my car and Hey, Lord, thanks for being with me today. Thanks for showing up in this conversation that I just had with a friend Lord, thank you for that text from my friend that was, you know, kind of hard to read, but convicting. She was right. I am being really prideful right now, or I am being really selfish right now. And gosh, I need to repent of that. And I need to confess that to you. Just making those little marks of remembrance of what the Lord has done. And I think that's been something um, that has come up several times throughout periods of my life. Um, I can remember a few years back, um, my family went through a pretty difficult situation, um, dealing with some loss in our family. And, um, that was a season where, again, the Lord just, um, reminded me that I needed to remember who he was. And 
man, that was really hard some of those days. Um, it was hard to see him at work. You know, when you're in the throes of hard and deep, heavy grief, as I'm sure um, some of you that are listening have been through, um, it's hard to see. It's hard to see the good. It's, it's really easy to see the bad. It's really easy to see the things that are painful. It's really easy to see the things that um, hurt. But when we are able, and maybe it's just saying, God, you're good. God, you're good. It, you don't feel good, but you are good. I can open my Bible. And maybe it's that you can't even read your Bible that day. I mean, I have been through seasons like that. And there were definitely days over the past few months, days of uncertainty where it's like, I don't, I don't feel like talking to you today, Lord, this is, this is hard and I don't like it. And you know, that was that I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say, Oh, these past few months have been this, you know, perfect spiritual bliss. It, it has not been that it has been hard, but going back to remembering who the Lord is and looking for him, you know, even if it's just one small thing, Every day, God, what what is it that you uh, did today? Where where did I see you? And maybe it's just God, I saw you in the sunrise today. Thank you for the sunrise. Thank you for this awesome cup of coffee that I get to drink. You know, it doesn't have to be these big, like spiritually in depth things. But I think it's important for us to draw our attention to the Lord and his and his gifts and his blessings, especially when. Um, we're walking through seasons of unknown, seasons of difficulty, loss, hardship, um, probably maybe where some of our friends find themselves today. So um, I hear you, sisters. I see you. And um, the Lord sees you, which is more more important and more valuable than, um, than anything else. Well, I feel like I can't really add anything to that because that was like a sermon in itself. So I'm not, I'm not going to take up any more time after, after that close, but, um, I am excited to come back together in a bit of time and see, um, how the Lord has continued to work in this season of your life in Cancun and what that looks like and just the different truths that he teaches you through this process. So I know that in Spanish by that. Oh, yeah. We can we can have our second blind date with you speaking Spanish and me speaking English and it'll be great. <laughs> I'm sure all the listeners out there would love it. <laughs> yeah, we we are definitely like pushing the cross cultural cross cultural thing. Known. Who needs Rosetta Stone when you have the Dayton Women in the Word podcast? Right. Babe. We 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 want to educate our listeners in a variety of different ways. <laughs> All right, Amy. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to set aside time in sunny Cancun for us today in dreary, snowy Ohio. And I can't wait to um, come back together in a few months and see see what God's been doing in your life. So we'll talk to you soon. My joy. Talk to you soon. All right. When we first met Amy, she had recently relocated to another country, and even the relocation process didn't go as planned. 
Through that, she learned a lot about trusting God's sovereignty and that he has um, the best in mind, letting go of her own personal plans, and then how the enemy uses doubts um, to creep in um, when we are approaching something that God has called us to. So now we'll see where um, Amy is now, where in the world she is, and what she's learned in the meantime. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We're back with Amy today. Um, So it's been a couple months since we last talked to you. So why don't you fill in our listeners on what's been going on? Yeah, it has been a little while. Um, I am still living in Cancun. I think the last time we talked, I had only been here maybe a month at that point. And so I've been here almost eight months. Um, And I recently just decided to stay for two more years. So that's really exciting. And so I was telling Bethany, I actually just got back last night from being in the U.S. I was um, a part of a wedding, but then I was also getting to see friends and supporters kind of filling them in on what God's been doing over the past few months here. And that's kind of where my life is, just here in Cancun doing the day-to-day stuff. Well, that is awesome. I'm sure that... Cancun and the palm trees and everything there are happy to have you back. Yes. I did get a little taste of fall in the U.S., which was delightful. So that's good. We, we arranged that especially for you. <laughs> well, thank you. So I'm sure that obviously um, some things are the same. You're kind of back in Cancun, but what, um, what in your day-to-day rhythms has um, either changed or just kind of maybe evened out a little bit since you've um, gotten used to your life there? Yeah, I think um, there's been a lot of transition, obviously with moving to a different place, wherever it is, there's always that period of transition where you're figuring out where to go and, you know, a church and places to do things at and making friends. And so I feel like I've gotten, um, a better grip on that rhythm. I mean, there's still moments where I'm completely lost in the city and Google maps fails me and I have to figure out where I'm going, but I feel very much more, um, in step with the day-to-day rhythms of life. And, um, this fall I'm kind of, um, taking a little bit of a, break kind of sort of, I'm really going to be focusing on more language learning this fall, um, so that I can step into a new role come, um, the beginning of 2019, um, here on our staff. And so I'll be doing that. And then I'm also teaching some English classes and so kind of preparing for, um, that to start. So that's something that that's a little different, exciting. I got to help with that some this spring, but now I'm going to be in charge. So I'm nervous, excited, scared, happy, all the feels about it. So (laughs) that's awesome. Um, so what are some things that maybe you've experienced over the past few months, um, that have maybe reinforced some truths that, um, you kind of wish that you had had going into your transition to Cancun? Yeah. Um, I think something that has been a big theme and a big challenge in my life over the past several months has been, um, identity. Um, I feel like that's something that we always kind of struggle through whatever season of life that we're in. But, um, 
for me, it's been really magnified over the past few months, particularly in um, just work and life relationships. Um, with work, uh, coming from being a teacher and adjusting to life kind of on the mission field, um, it's just a different rhythm. It's a different pace. And um, with transition and, and moving, you know, I haven't always been able to check off the boxes and, okay, what have I accomplished today? Um, I think I find a lot of identity in the things that I do, um, especially when it comes to work. And so, okay, if I'm not checking off those boxes, am I contributing to the team? You know, are my, are my teammates here seeing me as someone who, um, has good things to offer and is being helpful and, you know, is pulling her weight. And, and so some of those identity issues have really cropped up, um, over the past couple months, um, as well as just in relationships. Um, I am still single, um, not where I expected to be at this point in my life. And I'm really, um, my life is really full and I'm really grateful for the life that the Lord has given me and the things that he's given me. But even in that, um, it was a lot less noticeable to me at times living, um, in Dayton because I could surround myself with a lot of people who, um, were kind of in the same life stage as me and, and could just, um, kind of self medicate. That sounds weird, but self you know, take care of that, um, issue and not really have to deal with it. Um, and so that's also been something that has kind of came up over the past couple months is, you know, just identity and relationships, like who am I and what is my worth? And, um, just some of those things. And, um, I was sitting in some teaching this summer. We had, um, uh, a lady come down and, and do some teaching with one of the groups that we had. And, um, as I was reflecting on the teaching she was doing, she was talking about shame. Um, and one of the questions that, um, or one of the things that came to my mind as I was reflecting on that teaching was the lie that I think I've been believing for a good chunk of my life really. Um, and it's the lie that I don't believe that I'm actually good at anything. And so you couple that with identity and it's just been this big, struggle that I've really had to kind of, um, press into Mm -hmm. over the past couple months. And it's been really hard and uncomfortable and not, um, neat and tidy. Um, I think I would love to say like, Oh, things are just, you know, great and sparkly and shiny, but, um, it's just been a struggle. Um, it's been a good struggle and I've learned so many things about myself and about the Lord, but, um, like I'm still in the midst of it. So like, I can't say that, okay, I'm on the other side of this and I have learned this lesson and I'm you know, ready to go to the next, you know, whatever that the Lord has for me. Um, this is something that I think is going to continue to be something that I'm wrestling with, um, probably over the next few months, but, in that the Lord has, um, just been gracious as he always is, even when I have not been faithful. Um, and even when I have just pushed him away or not drawn near, you know, it's like, you know, all the right things to do in these moments that are hard. Um, but sometimes you just don't want to do them or, um, you know, it's easier to, to push the Lord away or, um, to try and fix it on your own, or it feels easier at the time. Um, 
And so there's been some, some struggle in that and some tension. Um, but, um, you know, I think I see like, mm, kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. It's still quite a long ways away. There's still so many things that I think that I need to walk through with the Lord. But, um, I am thankful because he's, he's always been faithful. Um, he's been who he says that he is. And I'm thankful for that, even in the midst of the hard. Yeah. I feel like some of the times when I've gone through transition, that's always been a tool that he's used to kind of reveal things that maybe I was resting on too heavily for, you know, um, assurance or worth and like, you know, it, it, at least for me, I feel like it tends to be those like good things, those good gifts that he gives us. But then we just take it a little too far and become a little too dependent on that. So he has to kind of come in and maybe show in different ways that that's like a false, false foundation. And not, not that he does it vindictively, but, you know, similarly, I've gone, you know, as a, as a single girl too, I've gone through transitions where, you know, I'm in groups of friends now who I love and am so blessed to be in, but I'm now kind of in the minority because they're in, you know, phase of life where a lot of them are, you know, married and starting their families or expanding their families. And, you know, it's so easy to start to wonder like, well, where do I fit in now? Like I, I, I used to know where I was at and now I don't really know. And just how quickly in my own heart um, I can allow the enemy to kind of like speak those lies that like, okay, you're, you're in a different setting. So like, you know, it's not even worth sharing your, you know, things that are hard or sin, you know, confessing sins that you're struggling with because your lives are so different. So just, you know, deal with it yourself and like be by yourself. And I think that he just uses isolation, whether it's literal or, you know, just your kind of mindset to do a lot of like nasty work in your heart. Um, and it just is all, like you said, it's all kind of predicated on believing a lie, which like, you know, we saw back in the garden, you know, he, it, everything started because he, you know, whispered, you know, a lie that sounded close enough to the truth to just kind of lead people off, you know, um, influence them to kind of go off, off enough that they got off course. And like, he's, He's, he's tricky like that. You know, if he, if he came in like all guns blazing, you know, hopefully if we're, if we're, you know, following the Lord closely enough, you know, that would be pretty obvious, but he's, he's smart enough to not use the obvious tactics and to know those, you know, weaknesses in our own spirit that, you know, we might be more, more drawn to, but I thought it was interesting kind of hearing you share now and knowing how one of, one of the scriptures that you talked about when we first met or met quote unquote, we're still, we're still meeting via Skype. So I've actually still never met Amy in person, but it feels like we met. Um, So the last time we talked, I guess uh, you were kind of sharing the passage about God calling um, Moses to Mm. follow him and just how often, you know, our view of, whether or not we're equipped doesn't match up to, you know, God saying, Hey, I've called you to do this. So do it. And I'm going to make it happen. And just, you know, how we can get so absorbed in the lie of like, are we going to measure up? And we take our eyes off the point that, you know, 
God calls us and God equips us. So it doesn't really matter what we think about ourselves or what other people think about us because he's the one that does the calling and the equipping. So we just need to show up and be obedient and stop making excuses. Yes. Yes. One of the things that, um, I was reading through, uh, this Bible study that I was working through. And, uh, one of the questions that she pulls from scripture is when God asks Adam and Eve after they say, well, we're naked. And he says, who told you that? Mm-hmm. And she's, she talked about how, you know, that's a question that God can ask of us so when we're believing a lie, you know, he can ask us who told you that. And if the answer is not, you told me that, well then, okay, I'm believing a lie mm-hmm. and I need to replace that lie with a truth from his word or a or something that I know to be true about his character. Um, because if God didn't tell me, you know, this, this lie that has kind of bubbled up over these past couple months, well, I'm not actually good at anything. Okay. Who told me that? Well, God didn't tell me that God has told me very much the opposite. And so I've found myself now over the past weeks and months as kind of these insecurities bubble to the surface or, um, lies that crop up, asking myself that question, who, who told me that? Or, you know, the Lord asking me that, who told you that? And kind of redirecting, okay, God didn't tell me that. And here's what God does tell me about who he is and who I am and taking that lie. And, um, I think it's Beth Moore who says like, you got to take that, that lie wallpaper down and put some new wallpaper up of the truth. So I love that. So what are some other things I know you mentioned, um, just that reaffirmation that, you know, God is who he says he is and what he, he does, what he says he will do. What are some other things as you've kind of been reevaluating these, um, lies that have crept in, um, truths about God's character that have really become more powerful to you in this season? Yeah, I just, I think just that the presence of God this summer, the spring and summer, um, are kind of our busy times as far as we have missions groups come and it's kind of all hands on deck and it's just really crazy. Um, and so I found myself having every good intention of doing this, that, and the other thing, including the Hosea study. And it did not happen. And I really started to beat myself up about that. Um, but, um, just, what the Lord has reminded me, um, is that every time I open his word, even when I don't want to, especially when I don't want to, um, even when I'm hurting, even when I'm broken, he meets me there. And it might just be like one verse or it might be a whole chapter or chapters or a whole book. But, um, I think, you know, it was a long spring and summer of like hit and miss times with the Lord. And I would just be, I'm so busy. I I can't meet with the Lord, which, you know, is laughable because he's the one that, that fills me. But, you know, I like to think that I can do it by myself sometimes. And, um, so, you know, and then just the guilt that comes from that and all of the lies and, and everything. But when I do finally sit down and open God's word to whatever it is, just that he meets me. He meets us there. Um, there's truth to be found there. There's life to be found there. And, um, I think so often, like I'm just trying to fill these broken 
cisterns, like these, these things that won't satisfy, go to these places for joy and satisfaction that won't fill me. Um, and so I think, um, he's just reminded me over a lot of, um, you know, hit and miss times with him and a lot of just, yeah, my own, um, what's the word I'm like even looking for instability. I don't know my own not coming to seek him. Um, in the times that I do, um, he meets me there and he's so kind and tender and loving. Um, when I feel like, you know, as a human response, if you're in a relationship with someone and they're not paying attention to you and they're ignoring you or, you know, whatever the case is, our natural response is to be like, okay, see ya. You know, I don't, I don't need this in my life. I don't need you. And just, I can't quite ever get over the fact that that is not the Lord's response to us, that no matter how many times that I am inconsistent with him, or I choose my own way, or, um, I, I push him away. Um, when I come back to him and I confess that to him and when I open his word, he meets me there and he meets me there with love, um, and with joy and with peace. Um, and he's not this, this God of, um, you know, shame on you or wow, it's been a long time since you finally sat down. Like, thanks for coming back, but you know, should have done this a while ago but that he's, he's kind. And, um, I was just actually, um, as I was in the States, I was at my parents' church over the weekend and the pastor shared this list of, um, what is God like attributes. And at first he said, like, it's an A to Z list. And so in my mind, I kind of, you know, rolled my eyes a little bit like, Oh, that's kind of cheesy, like a A, a to Z, you know, attributes about God. And then as he started reading, I found myself just, holding back tears because, um, it was so true. And so I, I have it. I actually sent him an email and said, can I please have this list? Because not only do I want to print it out for myself and give it to people, but I want to share it. And so, um, I'm just going to read it real quick if that's okay. Oh yeah, go ahead. It's what is God like? And, um, he is almighty, all powerful, altogether lovely, the ancient of days. He is beautiful beyond description He is compassionate, the God of all comfort, constant in his thoughts toward us. He delights over you. He draws near to the brokenhearted. He is our deliverer, our defender. He is Elohim. He is eternal. He is your everlasting father. He is father to the fatherless. He is Abba father. He is our heavenly father. He is a faithful God, friend of sinners. He is great and glorious. He is good to those who love him. He is the Holy One, high and lifted up. He is the I Am, infinite, immortal, invisible, God only wise. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is just in all his ways. He is judge of all the earth. He is king of kings. He is kind in his dealings with the children of men. He is the living God. He is the Lord. He is light. He is the lover of your soul, and he longs to be gracious to you. He is the most high God. He is mighty. He is merciful. He is never changing. He is omnipotent and omniscient. He is the God of peace, and he is patient in his dealings with us. He will quiet you with his love. He is a rock and a refuge. He is righteous, and he redeems your life from the pit. He is sovereign. 
He is spirit. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he is our salvation. He is the God of truth. He is unlimited in all things. He is victorious. He is worthy of all of our praise and worship. He is excellent in all of his ways, which we kind of cheat with that one. He is Yahweh. He is the zenith of all things, Alpha and Omega. He has no beginning and he has no end. And that's that's who our God is. That's who he is. I love, man, I'm, you know, I'm going to be emailing you after this and say, can you just send that my way, please? <laughs> that was, that was awesome. And I mean, I love that um, one, of, one of the things, you know, we use a lot um, as a resource with Dayton Women of the Word is a lot of um, Jen Wilkins kind of tools for yes. studying the Bible for its, for its own um, merit. And I love that, like that whole premise is built on the fact that we study the Bible because it's a book about God. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, so often like, and I'm guilty of this. I'm not saying that I'm, I've got it, got it down, but you know, we just approach scripture because we want something out of it. And, you know, right. obviously the, the end goal is that our lives would be changed because of the word, but it's not because we go into it with a premise of like, what, you know, what do I need to be convicted about today? Or what do I need a pat on the back for today? It's because mm-hmm. we, we want to learn more about who God is and that's what does the, the changing, um, something that I was encouraged by. And I think that it always bears repeating that you had mentioned was just like how, how gracious he is to kind of meet you with what you have to offer. Not, Mm -hmm. not in a way that we want to like use that as a cop out, like, okay, well, I'm just gonna, you know, toss you five, (laughs) toss him five minutes today. Um, but just the, the fact that, you know, we're finite beings and some seasons are just, just different than others. And, you know, we, we can put so much pressure that, you know, well, Susie over here gets up at 4am every day and spends three (laughs) hours of prayer. And I'm, you know, obviously getting a D plus as a Christian since my life doesn't look like hers. Um, and I think it's towards the end of her, um, of the women of the word book, she's kind of talking, addressing that, that like, you know, I, you know, we've just presented all these tools that are are excellent to like use in your arsenal, but there's going to be times when you can't use them all to the same capacity. So um, cool. she says, even if you are in a season of life that won't allow you to use all the tools of the process exhaustively, you can use them as far as your time does allow. Build slowly if you must, but by all means build. We may begin the work of building as rather sloppy builders, but we have a faithful God who is patient with his workers and who equips them with all they need to do the work at hand. So Mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, it's, it'll be an encouragement for our listeners and our other sisters to just be reminded of that truth that, you know, the enemy wants us to give up. Um, He wants us to say that, you know, you're five minutes in between, you know, baby feedings or in between running to meetings and things like that is, is not worth it. And sure. Like if you had hours to pour over scripture and be in prayer, like obviously that would, you know, bring you just like a, you know, a whole different experience of the Lord, but the, the trade-off of not doing it at all, because in this moment you only have 15 minutes to spare, you know, that's 15 more minutes to know the Lord. And, you know, he created the universe out of nothing. Like he can do amazing things with 15 minutes. And so just to, 
um, use that encouragement from your own experience that like, yes, should we always strive, you know, to deepen our time with him and our amount of time with him? Yes. But don't get caught up in the lie that, you know, what you have to give is not enough because he, he doesn't get any joy in withholding his himself from us. Mm-hmm. So he, he wants to, I, I feel like one of the, you know, we've been talking a lot about lies. One of the lies that I think I had told myself growing up and younger is that, you know, he, he approaches our time with him, you know, kind of in this more, um, like disciplinary view, like he's going to punish us if we don't, you know, have these good quiet times and everything. And now that I've started to kind of, you know, he's changed my mindset about that and like viewing it as a relationship, which I think that, um, studying through Hosea really reinforced that idea of like him as a lover. Like when you're dating somebody, like, yeah, you want to spend all your time with them, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. But that those like stolen, you know, phone calls or like, you know, real quick meetups for coffee, like you treasure that because in a season, that's what you have to give. And that's almost, you know, kind of that, that relationship with the Lord that, you know, if in a season, that's what you can muster, you know, he's going to reward that because he's going to, you know, he's not going to withhold himself from his kids. So, you know, always, always press on and, you know, endeavor to deepen your study of him, but trust in knowing that he's going to show up and show Mm -hmm. up better than we do. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So what other things, let's see, I know we've, we've talked a little bit about the scriptures that kind of came up through the study that you've worked through, but, um, have there been any other, um, passages or, you know, aspects from his word that have really been sweeter to you, um, over the past few months? I feel like I always come back to the Psalms. I feel like a lot of people say that because the Psalms are amazing. Um, and, one psalm that I um, I have a chunk of it memorized thanks to a professor in college at Cedarville. Um, we used to recite this together um, at the start of every class, and she just was the sweetest lady. And she was kind of funny because if we didn't do it quite loud enough, she would make us do it again. And <laughs> I love it. But every time I come back to Psalm 103, um, it just refreshes my heart. You know, it's, there's the parts that I have like ingrained in my mind because they're memorized. And then there's the other, um, part of the chapter. And, um, a couple of weeks ago we were having a team here and, um, I gotten up that morning and just kind of felt unsettled about the day and just had some things going on. And, um, I was getting ready to do a training with one of, um, with that group. And, um, I happened to catch, them in their small group time. We have this time set aside for them to have, um, their quiet time and then a small group time while they're here. And, um, this particular small group was reading Psalm 103. And so I kind of just stood at the top of the stairs and listened to it. Um, and so I'm going to read it as well. Um, just because I feel like it was like a balm to my weary soul and, um, maybe it can be encouraging to someone else, as well, but um, Psalm 103, I'm going to read it out of the ESV. Um, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, 
who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And I just, I love, I love that psalm. Um, There's so much to it. And I think if we tried to, you know, unpack all of it, we would have a really, really super long podcast. (laughs) But um, I think just the themes of he satisfies you with good, like the Lord knows what we need and he satisfies us with good things. He satisfies us with himself. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. He works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed, which I love that verse in particular, because in the work that I do, um, we work with vulnerable children and families. And so I see oppression. I see brokenness on a daily basis right in front of me. And just that the Lord, those things are not um, hidden from the Lord. The Lord knows each one of those kids, each one of those mamas and and dads, and he knows what they need. Um, The fact that the Lord is merciful and gracious, that he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and that he doesn't deal with us according to our sins. Hallelujah. Because man, oh man, like the Lord, if he had dealt with us according to our sins, I probably would have been, you know, toast a long time ago, but he doesn't like he's gracious and as high as the heavens are above the earth. So great is his steadfast love to to those who fear him. And so even though like this spring and this summer and, you know, coming into this fall, some has been like this up and down spiritual roller coaster. It's felt like, and I was saying to you before Bethany that, you know, I wish I had like this neat, tidy little story. Like I am such a better Christian now, (laughs) six months later, but I, you know, I kind of in some ways feel like more of a hot mess than I did back in February, but I know that it's good. And I know that the Lord is, is revealing some things to me that need to just be broken away that need to be, um, you know, taken off and things that I can put on that I can clothe myself 
with um, and clothe myself with his righteousness and lies that I believed that need to be removed because who told you that? It wasn't me that told you that, you know, so who told you that? Was it the enemy? Was it, you know, yourself? What, you know, where did that come from? And so identifying some of those things and, um, but I, I love Psalm 103 and I think that it will be a passage that I come back to over and over and over again. And it's one that even when I feel like I'm just kind of floundering, it's one of those like familiar, it's like putting on a cozy sweater when you're really cold, like, Hmm, it just feels good. Um, but it also has some like really good truth to it too. So it's not just like, Oh, I'll, you know, rosy and nice, but you know, it has some conviction and some, some things in there as well that are, are good to be reminded of. And that's how the Lord works. He is a perfect balance of, of both of those things. And he's, he's a good, good God. I love, um, passages like that. Um, and also there's, there's several instances, I think in Ezekiel, I can't remember the, the specific sections off the top of my head, but I love, um, those portions of scripture where it's very like imperative of what, God does like it's very like blatant like he does this and he does like very act action oriented like you know mm-hmm. it's not in the past like this is what he does tied to like who he is and there's like portions in Ezekiel where he talks about like how he's gonna you know because at that point you know the Israelites were in I think I think they were in captivity then maybe and which was a byproduct of them you know not following the law and not following the Lord. And he was, you know, it's still an example of him being a faithful God because he kept his promise in, you know, holding them to the consequences that they agreed to. But he talks about like how he's going to, you know, replant the barren fields and, you know, make, make things flourishing where they'd been barren for so long. And he says, you know, it's not for, it's not for your sake that I'm doing this. It's for my sake. And so that the surrounding nations will see that I am who I am. And he says, you know, and I will do it. Like it actually, that's part part of the verses. And like, Every time I come across, and it, that's not the only place in scripture that it does that, but where, he, you know, he's like, I am the Lord and I will do it. I'm like, yes. okay, all the praise hands. All right. Yes. <laughs> There's, I, I'm trying to think of, gosh, I think it's like in maybe second Timothy, it talks about where I'm just like totally paraphrasing, but when we are faithless, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. Mm. So like, even in those moments where I, you know, I'm unfaithful. Um, and you know, you see a lot of that in this story of Hosea, which, okay, I'm totally going back and listening (laughs) to all of the, all of the podcasts now, because I've seen so many things over summer. Anyway. Um, but when we are unfaithful, Um, which even on our best day, we are like, even on our best day, we are sinners in need of a savior. And so the fact that we can come to him and he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. He will be who he says that he is through the pages of scripture, old Testament, new Testament, that is who our God is. And so, um, I love that, you know, even when I am not, you know, having my best day, he's faithful. And even on my best day, he's faithful. Um, you know, it, 
his faithfulness doesn't depend on my faithfulness to him. That that's a word. Praise, praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As our time kind of gets um, to the winding down point, I loved, I, I'm really encouraged by the fact, I know you probably felt like coming into this, like, okay, I don't have this, you know, I haven't wrapped everything up in like a pretty package with a nice little bow. But I think that at least if I'm the only one that's encouraged by this, then it's a win. But just being refreshed that, you know, God is at work in the mess. So even though you feel like you came in, you know, and you're still kind of, a hot mess or, or more of a hot mess than you were the first time we talked <laughs> for me, that's encouraging. Cause I know that, you know, God is pretty good about making stuff out of messy situations. So, um, do you have any last, um, words of encouragement for our, our sisters who may identify with like, okay, I'm glad, I'm glad we have somebody on that hasn't, yes. hasn't like figured it all out in six months. <laughs> I think just, like keep seeking the Lord. And also I think there's so much like power in finding other believers that, you know, kind of share that same sentiment. I know that I have some sweet friends that I text on a very regular basis, like multiple, multiple times a day, um, where it's like, Hey, I just need prayer right now because this is what's going on. Or, you know, this is a situation or, you know, the people that can rejoice with you as well, finding that community. And, um, I've been able to build that here bit by bit. Um, uh, it's been a process, but, um, and it's still developing, but, but finding, even if it's just one person, um, to, to share, you know, the joys and struggles with another believer, um, someone that can speak truth to you, maybe when you don't even want to hear it. Um, I think that has been so crucial for me, um, over the past several months as I've kind of felt like, Oh, I, I don't have my act together. And, um, to just have, um, friends that I can go to that, okay, you're going to be praying for me or, or, you know, speaking the truth from scripture, to me over text message or over FaceTime or whatever it is, um, that has been so vital. And so I know that there might be people listening that might be thinking like, I don't have that. And I can understand that cause I have totally been there. And so, um, if that's you, um, then just keep pressing into the Lord and ask him to bring that person into your life. But until he does to fill him or fill you with more of himself and, Um, and then when that person or people come along, not, you know, it's a temptation to like use them as your go-to before you go to the Lord. But, um, just to share life with people, I think the body of Christ is such a beautiful thing that, um, oftentimes we can take for granted. So press into the Lord, seek him and find a friend or two or five or 10 (laughs) just to, to walk to walk the path with you. Um, I think that is just so sweet. Life is better when it's done together with other believers. I truly believe that. All right. Well, I think with that, we will wrap up. Thanks so much, Amy. It was so good to reconnect with you. you. Yes, it was great. You can be a Dayton woman of the word, even in Cancun. (laughs) I love that. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our heart for you is that you become a mighty, awe-filled woman of God who knows, believes, and shares God's word in your areas of influence. We'd love to connect with you on our website, DaytonWomenInTheWord.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify. In the meantime, we fervently pray Colossians 3, 16 through 17 over you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him.